This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Reading Crime and Punishment for the first time in my life. It is the best book ever. It's the best book I ever read. I, no wonder why this guy's famous in a classic. It is so good. It is a page turner. It's a thousand page long, a thousand pages long, something like that. I am inhaling this book. Uh, inhaling this book. That's I'm probably fake news. 150. That's all fake news. That's all pre-recorded six days ago. What is that? Why don't we play the rerun? I'm 30 seconds late on Thanksgiving. I could have been two hours late. I was like, <laughs> hey, Greg, where are you? Uh, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. You're working. <laughs> it's great to be here, but uh, a little bit of a surprise. And uh, that's fantastic, actually. Um, you know, when the boss of the company, uh, John Katzmatidis, works on Thanksgiving and he hosted five hours of radio this morning, that's a really good sign, actually. And it's uh, one of either inspiration or whether you want to call it inspiration or I better I better start working hard or whatever you want to call it, when somebody of that level of success, this is like one of 85 things the guy has totally succeeded in radio. Uh, what is he? He owns oil mines, airplanes, airline, all this stuff. Uh, and I've noticed this with other very successful people. Work is not work. They just like it. So they do it all the time. They do it all the time. And... Um, it's smart. Even if you, quite frankly, even if you don't like your job that much, you should you should just master it. I know you guys already know that, but, you know, a lot of us, we just don't think, unless I can do exactly what I want to do, I'm not going to give it my all. And uh, I noticed in the first time I went to Japan, they were all, everybody there, no matter what the hell their job was, they were fantastic at it. And they took such pride in it. I met a guy who, his job was pushing people onto the subway. And he had, like, had this, the most immaculate uniform. You change it three times a day because pushing people onto the subway, into the subway cars, they're so crowded over there, they actually have people who push you into the car. That's their job. Crazy. Crazy. What a strange and interesting place. Love Japan. Anyway, I love America more. And happy Thanksgiving Day, everybody. Uh, the parade is over. Nothing wrong, right? Everything went fine. Nothing bad. I heard there were some security concerns, and uh, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, wait a second now. Uh, what's the latest on the situation in Colorado? Um, have you heard about, I guess, the shooter turns out to be, the alleged shooter tr- turns out to be uh, nine binary trans, and everybody was trying to blame this shooting on, you know, MAGA Republicans, and as if we are somehow intolerant of anybody. We're not. Absolutely not. Uh, I guess we're intolerant of the practice of sexualizing children. Yeah, definitely that as are 99.9% of uh, all Americans, you know, the law-abiding ones. This is such a perverted, ridiculous uh, conversation that's taken place in America, that you are somehow transphobic if you don't think unvetted, untrained trans people should be coming into the, the school to uh, read to kids. What is their what is their selling point? That they're trans. That's it. Can you imagine if they brought me in because I'm a straight 
white male? No, actually, they would definitely keep me out for those reasons. I don't know. All right, happy Thanksgiving Day. What do we do? Do we make it all about Thanksgiving, or do we talk about the uh, the big, bad, horrible world out there? And it is pretty bleak right now. I do want to talk about the, the situation there in Colorado Springs for a moment. I don't know if you're following all this, but um turns out that the alleged shooter's father is a guy named um, Aaron Brink. But his stage name is Dick Delaware. He's a former porn star. And he also was a mixed martial arts fighter. And I think everything has come to a head in this case. Everything is like kind of, and you see it all in this alleged shooter's face. He was beaten to a pulp, understandably so. Uh, A bunch of people at the club grabbed him and uh, subdued him, especially that hero guy, the soldier, uh, and beat him up. I can totally understand that. But I look at that kid's face and I see all the scarring and the bruises and the bloodshot eyes. And he is. Did you see it on the front of the New York Post? Is he? Tw- he's 22 years old, actually. He, whatever. They, they're non-binary. What does that mean? That means I don't know. They're in the trans spectrum of some kind. So they interview. They, they track down the father, uh, Dick Delaware, who lives in California, and he's like a. What does he do now? He's. Uh, I don't know. He was moving furniture, and the news crew showed up. And obviously, I'm sorry, but this guy's kind of strung out on something. He looks like he's pretty high. And the reporter comes to him with the most earth-shattering, weird news in the world. Your son has just slaughtered five people. Care to comment? This is the guy saying all kinds of stuff. And in the middle of it, some of it's gibberish, some of it's heartfelt, some of it is like, oh, gosh, you know, he feels he feels for the victims, that kind of thing. And he momentarily says, momentarily says, you know, I was surprised that my that he was at a uh, that he was at a gay bar. I mean, uh, Mormons don't do gay. I I don't know. I, he was like, guess what? Everyone's over all over this guy for saying Mormons don't do gay or we don't do. Who cares? This is a guy. Quite frankly, it doesn't get any lower than this. It doesn't get any more pathetic than this. This is bottom of the barrel, rock bottom, hardcore, bad stuff. And they're getting on his case for not being politically correct at this moment. And, oh, by the way, they're lying about him a little bit. I don't know if you've seen that. He's like, like, it was written in the paper as though he didn't care about the slaughter. He was just concerned that his son was in a gay bar. That's not what he said. Hey, do me a favor. Can you look up the sound from Dick Delaware? CBS 8 in San Diego tracked him down as he was moving appliances. I... I feel bad for the victims, definitely. I feel bad for the shooter. I feel bad for the shooter's family. I feel bad for the victim's family. Everybody here suffers. Uh, people get on my case just like they got on, whose case did they get on? Uh, Kelly Rowland's. Why? Because she, she forgave Chris Brown because in 2009, Chris Brown beat up Rihanna. Isn't it kind of silly that the country keeps track of all this stuff in a way? I mean, we have a law enforcement system, and I'm not saying it's not important, but... Anyway, Chris Brown is a singer. I could not name one song to save my life that Chris Brown sang. However, I do remember the controversy back in 2009, which was, let me do the math, 13 years ago. And uh, Kelly Rollins has the audacity at the American Music Authority Awards, whatever phony baloney award they have. Was it the People's Choice Awards? Was it the MTV Awards? Was it the MTV Video Awards? Was it something? And she says, we all should forgive Chris Brown. 
How dare you say something like that? Oh, and then TMZ, they're hounding her. They're hounding Kelly Rollins like she's, I don't know, like she's, uh, like she was just indicted or something like that, really over the top. And she's like, hey, I think there should be more forgiveness in America. And uh, forgiveness, how can you say that? <laughs> how can you say that? He beat up Rihanna in the year 2009. Okay, I'll say it again a little bit louder. Everybody needs forgiveness. Good for her. Good for her. What a vengeful, vengeful place we've become, right? No tolerance. The cancel culture thing ain't going away, is it? Um, and that brings me back to uh, this Colorado thing. If you were born and your dad was uh, Dick Delaware, who split when you were six months old and you were raised by this woman who had her own problems and moving around from motel to motel to motel, who's to say you or I wouldn't have been in that club with a gun? I'm sorry. It's like, I, I think I heard this from, uh, of all people, Dale Carnegie. He felt a kinship with everybody in the world because if he were born in their shoes and everything that happened, if he were born when they were born, to whom they were born, and everything that happened to them and happened to him, he'd be them. Like that guy, the hitman who told his son, I played this the other day, a hitman on Staten Island, his name was Greg Scarpa. In the 60s and 70s, he was shooting people, killing people, stabbing people left and right. But he was a great family man and a great father to his son, Gregory Jr., and Gregory Jr. is like 11 years old, idolizes his father, and they play ball together. And they, it sounds like Gregory Scarpa Sr. was a great guy when he was at home. He was a homicidal maniac at work, but at home he was great. And he told, uh, I guess Greg Jr. got into a fight at school, and it was a draw, and they both got into trouble, you know, a talking to from the principal, and that was that. And Greg Jr. tells his dad about this. His dad gets steamed and says, you go back to that school and you find that kid and you hit him so hard you put him into the hospital. And uh, Greg Jr. is like, uh, uh, yes, Dad, of course. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he did it. <laughs> he did it. I, how do I know this? Uh, Greg Jr. just got out of jail uh, like 18 months ago. He's been in jail since 1988 for killing people. And he did hard times, Supermax, you name it, and... Um, they just let him out. He's 70-something years old, and I heard him on a podcast, and he just sounded like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he's a ruthless killer, too. You know, it's like, yeah, we got coffee, we got donuts, and it was a lot of fun, and we enjoyed ourselves, and then we could get together with the family. I think I killed that guy, and, you know, we like to play baseball, that kind of thing. It just slips it in. So if I were 11 years old, like I told you, if my dad told me to go put somebody in the hospital, as much as I idolized my dad and played ball with him and all that stuff, I would have done it. If I could have gotten away with it. And in 11 years old, I probably could have. I was actually a pretty tough kid in certain ways. Uh, I was also a scaredy cat in other ways. But anyway, I can't judge this kid too harshly. I can't. I mean, law enforcement, the law should pay his debt absolutely and up to and including the death penalty. But it's hard for me to. And the other thing about when you're accused of doing something horrible, uh, you have virtually no sympathy. I mean, the victims get a lot of sympathy, and there are a lot of support groups. And then you got the cops showing up. Did you notice how, how woke the cops have gotten, especially there in Colorado Springs? They're acting like they're, I don't know, uh, uh, undertakers more than law enforcement in some of these departments lately. Uh, oh, here's the guy, actually. Here's the cop. Listen to this. Does this sound like law enforcement, or does this, does this sound like um, Channel 13, Cut 28? We respect all of our community members, including our L- 
LGBTQ community. Therefore, we will be identifying the victims by how they identified themselves and how their families have loved and identified them. The first person I'll identify is Kelly Loving. Kelly's pronouns are she, her. All right. So what's that? It's virtue signaling. And I noticed they were really politically correct and virtuous right up until it got up to the shooter. And the shooter wants to be identified as what they, they, the, or something like that. Those gender neutral pronouns and they won't do it. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's a little much. It's a little over the top. We don't want any, but we value all life. It really doesn't matter what the gender is, does it? I think your legal name is what really applies here. When's the last time they ever read at a press conference somebody's pronouns? And I think everybody on that list was a traditional pronoun except the shooter. And they left him out. Her, whatever. Oh, we have Dick Delaware. So this is the father, uh, Aaron Brink, also known as Dick Delaware. Um, Let's listen to what he had to say was unloading appliances at his home when a cruise caught up with him. Now, we know Brink has been in and out of jail. He's worked in pornography. He's also a Mormon. This is how he reacted when he first heard that his son was at a gay bar. Mormons don't do gay. We don't do gay. There's no gays in the Mormon church. We don't do gay. He's pissed off. He's pissed off at me. He, don't, he went to poke at the old man. Uh, that's it, huh? He said a lot more than that. This interview goes on for 25 minutes, but this is all anybody cares about. He said he felt terrible for the victims. He felt like he was responsible, which I'm not going to argue with. But this is it. Oh, he said something in politically incorrect about the gay community. This guy's total world, what was left of it, has been turned upside down all over again. Uh, and and <laughs> I, I cut, a, cut, cut him some slack. Hey, oh, by the way, there was another mass shooting in Walmart down in Chesapeake, Virginia. Five victims in that case as well, all shot dead. Now, why are we hearing about that? It has to do with the ethnicity of the shooter. Try to figure out that one while I take a quick break. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This has to be boring, boring, boring for these kids to stand up here. You're allowed to do anything you want, including go steal a pumpkin if you want. Anything you want to do. I still can't. I still can't. I'll never get over this. Tells a couple of kids who happen to be children of color to go steal a pumpkin if they want to. It's, it's so it's insulting it's also quite humorous i'm sorry this guy is uh this is this guy's racist to the core he looks at a couple of black kids and thinks oh yeah of course you guys are thieves right go for it I, i'll look the other way this time <laughs> I, racist yeah i would say he's racist I would say he's right. Now, again, he's a prisoner of where he grew up, which was Delaware. Do you think you ever met Dick Delaware? Uh, where was that time where he said uh, the other stuff that was very, very troubling? It's the other 
This should have driven him from the race the moment he said it. This man is a total and complete racist, Joe Biden. And it's true, by the way, Donald Trump is the least racist individual you will ever encounter or hear of ever. Cut 32, please. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's never going to get old. It's the most fascinating moment I think we've ever had from an American president. Really, I just it's so wild. It's really wild that a man like that could have ever become president. Uh, I got a phone call. You know, I've lost a hell of a lot of friends. I, I, I there's somebody. I knew they were blowing me off. Now it's totally, totally, totally confirmed. Sent them a message. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, we really should talk if you got two minutes. I used to talk to this guy once a month for at least an hour. All right. He says, hi, I'm traveling. Best to you and yours. (laughs) I would say that's done, right? (laughs) Traveling. I don't care what the hell is he on, a, a cruise vessel or something like that? No, he's not on a cruise. At the airport, you can call me back. Hi, best to you and yours. Well, screw you. I know that sounds kind of mean. I love the guy, but I don't have to like him anymore. That's it. That's it. But you know what? I've gained a lot of new friends, better friends. No, I have gained a lot of friends, lost some too. Why have I lost them? Because, well, I'm pro-America. I'm make America great again. I believe in a secure border and not losing wars overseas. I believe in Legal immigration, not illegal immigration. I believe come here if you've got a contribution to make. It does not matter what you look like, what your religion is, but please come here legally. We need you. Um, But no, we can't have you just coming in whenever you want with no control whatsoever. Hey, this is that Kelly Rowland thing I was telling you guys about. Remember, they're treating her, they're hounding her, they're chasing her down the street with cameras her crime here, why she's the, in the middle of all this controversy is because she said we should forgive some guy named Chris Brown who hit Rihanna 13 years ago. 13 years ago, he punched somebody. There have been, there are people who have shot people, killed them, gone to jail, and been released since this guy punched Rihanna. Pardon me. Cut 34. Can we sneak it in? I have to know your thoughts on people bullying Chris. Is it sad to see? That grace is very real, and we all need a dose of it. And before we point fingers at anybody, we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get, for even even our, our own things that we have. I just think it's important to remember to be human. We are humans, and yeah. Do you feel human. like he needs to? He, he needs to be forgiven for like you know what he did. I mean, you know what? We all need to be forgiven. forgiven. So they're trying to cancel her. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, let's do the phones. A lot of you. Wait a second. Why is everybody? People have been on hold for three hours. This can't be right. Uh... Mike in Queens, uh, what what's your status? Are you there? These these numbers are all yeah. These somebody didn't clean these all out. Here I have. <laughs> Bill's been on hold for three hours. Uh, Bob's been on hold for three hours. Pat's been on hold for two hours. These are all. I don't think. 
I think somebody we we forgot to put the phone down. All right, th- th- that's all bogus. It looks like we do. We have any? Uh, all right. Well, then do me a favor. Let's go reset that one. And where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? Uh, okay, here we go. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear stuff like this. Hi, Sandra. How are you? <laughs> I'm very, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm surprised you're working today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm great. It's good to be here. What's up? And it's good. Well, I wanted to tell you. Last night, I turn on, you know, Max News at ten o'clock to watch my favorite show, and you're not there. I said, oh. So when I saw Lydia. I was very, very, very excited because that, you know, she's, I never saw her on television before. I hear her often on the radio, and I thought she did a very good job. No, I missed the episode myself. Well, she, she was very good. This I, is know, what I'd love to hear. I, I take a night off, and it should be, Greg, the show stank without you there. It was terrible. When are you coming back? Who is this person taking your seat? We don't like I'm, 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 I'm half kidding. <laughs> I'm half kidding. First of all, Lydia is such a fighter. She's tough. She's got grit. She's a New Yorker. Uh, and I, I've, I've gotten numerous reports that she did a great job. Um, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. She is a tough gr- a reporter. I saw her confront de Blasio once. Every other reporter was just, you know, copying notes, just writing stuff down. And she just... Call them basically a hypocrite. <laughs> People are saying you're a hypocrite. It was a really great moment. She's tough. She's a fighter, fighter for the truth. And also, you know what? You got to fight for yourself. You got to stick up for yourself in life. Sometimes people uh, let them walk all over you, and um, or you let people walk all over you. She doesn't do that. I admire her a lot. Uh, but it is kind of funny. It is the one job. Like for instance, uh, what do you do, Sandra? You work at the passport agency, right? No, no, no. I told you I'm a pianist, and I used to be a, an executive recruiter in accounting and finance. That was really mm. my true profession, and well, I did that very, very well. All right. So, this is one of the reasons why yeah. people in TV are all – some of them are messed up, because at the moment they take the day off, somebody else can fill in. You know, other jobs remain unfilled while you're on vacation. Nobody comes – nobody swoops in and does your recruiting for you while you're gone, right? Right. Right. Right, right, yeah. right. But the other one's like, you know – Oh, and the, the substitute host was pretty good. I even, you know, Greg, you should let them substitute more often. And, you know, the bosses notice that, too. I'm letting it all out there. This is like a little bit of an anxiety that people have when they're on air. And it's like Ted Baxter was famous for this. He never took vacation. <laughs> Remember that? Ted Baxter and Mary Tyler Moore? Remember that episode? Yes. All right. Anyway, um, no, it's good to hear that Lydia did a good job. Uh, and uh, she's a fighter, and she fights for the truth, and she fights for uh, – Sticks up for herself, and I admire that. I admire that a lot. What else is going on? Hey, I heard from your brother Dave. He sent me a nice message, and it had a call from B to the legendary Mark Simone. So good stuff. Thank you very much, Sandra. Uh, I got to do, let's see here, uh, Christine in Middletown. Yes, I know you're a conservative transgender, Christine. They, they're handing yeah. me a note. I know that by now. Come on. You know, you're much more than a conservative transgender. You're Christine. Hello. Welcome back. What's going on? Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I, I'm just so sick of the pronoun garbage, all these uh, leftist activists lately, the news clips you played. Enough is enough of this woke stuff. Uh, I, I mean, the pronouns. This is all based on the delusion, Greg, because 
non-binaries on these people that don't believe in the gender or there's 53 but there's only two yeah i know i know hey uh christine do you ever regret making the transition no i don't it is interesting we're coming because you are a you are a real strong critic of all this stuff especially the transgender with children and all that but and I'll point out again, my understanding is, you know, you did it when you're in your 50s and it works for you. And, and that's fine. That's fine with me, too, by the way. We just don't want it thrust upon kids. Right? Exactly. And, you know, too, Greg, if Bob Stefanowski won the election, I got to know him the last few months. Many times he told me if he won, he was going to call me. There would have been a good chance of being in his administration and we could get to work when he's elected. And if he was sworn in January, we to eliminate this in the schools, to raise the minimum age for uh, health care for trans people to 18. I'd tell them, don't fly the pride flag on state government buildings and all that stuff, too, sir. Yeah. I, uh, Christine, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I just bowled a tournament, <laughs> and I didn't do well, so I lost all my entry fees. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's always good to hear from you. Thank you, Christine. Let me do uh, Dave in California. Hi, Dave. Uh, where in California are you? West Lake Village. Uh, uh, is that Los Angeles or something? Where is that? Uh, it's, it's outside Los Angeles, about 30 minutes. It's a nice suburb. All right. What's up? Uh, Brittany, okay, Brittany Spears used to live here. and gets, gets a copy here, okay? So it's good enough for Brittany. Now, regarding Chris Brown and the forgiveness factor, he didn't just punch Rihanna. He kind of pummeled her face. Now, forgiveness, it feels good to say people should be forgiven, and maybe he should be forgiven, but it's not a job like in a factory or at a grocery store or on a loading dock. Come on, the guy needs to work. Forgive him. It's entertainment, you know, on stage, public performing, and it's reasonable to never want to see him again. Hey, let me tell you something, buddy. If if we're going to cancel people for um, domestic violence, uh, you're going to lose a good, uh, about a third of the NFL. You're going to lose a huge chunk of the You watch football, Dave? Hell no. My brain's too evolved to watch <laughs> a bunch of grown men move the ball. Right, well, I, thought I, I, thought, I thought I had you there. Good. I thought I had you nailed because I'm not a football fan either. Look, to be honest, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, I do remember, I think she was, he alleged that she hit him. I know this sounds very pedestrian and foolish, but I think he, she hit him first and if I do recall, I don't think he was sent to prison for that. He got like a suspended sentence. And this is before all the woke, crazy, you know, let all the criminals go stuff, right? Right, Dave? He didn't go to jail. He wasn't. He didn't go to jail. He didn't go to prison. Yeah, well, it's outrageous. You should look at the picture of what happened. To I, 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 you know what? I, I, I'm not going to look it up. And you know, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I remember the face. She had a fat lip and a couple of other things. I mean. So what should we do to Chris Brown? I mean, there's a system. I can't worry about that stuff. And I, by the way, why I mention this is because Kelly Rollins, who knows her and knows him, and we don't know either of these people, I'm assuming. I don't, Dave. Do you? I don't know anybody involved in this thing. I've never met him. I've heard the music. I can kind of sometimes recognize Rihanna's music. That's it. And uh, she said that Chris Brown, her friend, and she's friend with Rihanna, Deserves forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, forgiveness is one thing, but that doesn't mean that you're good. People are going to want to see you on stage. Performing. You know what? I don't want to see him on stage performing, period. Whether or not he kid anybody. I, 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 this is not what I do. I, when, I don't go to live music anymore. 
There are plenty of people who do. I would assume this guy, Chris Brown, is still making music. Although I asked my friend the other day who knows all about this stuff. He hasn't made anything in a couple of years. It's been in a little bit of a drought. What do you do out there, Dave? I'm a writer. Uh and, and, and I'm very aligned with you in your, you know, I'm, I'm anti-woke, you know, sure, the Walmart shooter, they're not going to talk about him because he's black, he doesn't fit the narrative. I'm all about that. I'm just saying in this case with Chris Brown and, you know, Kelly Rowland, she's just asking for it because you know we're living in these times. So to excuse a guy who beat the crap out of Rihanna, it's going to come back to bite her. I don't like I, Rihanna's music. I, 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 the, I, I look, look, look. Look, 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 look. I've met people who've killed people. I've met people. So have you. I know people who have killed people. I just, you know, I, I, I can't. And I've never met Chris Brown. The only point I'm trying to make here is, and it's really not even worth it, give Kelly Rollins a, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Dave, what do you write about normally? Scripts. Like Hollywood and stuff like that? Yes. Wow. All right. That sounds, uh. Uh, it's pretty intense, right? Pretty competitive out there. Yes, it is. I'm a genius. <laughs> well, Dave, come on. You pulling my leg here? Oh, I'm a genius. Okay. It hurts. All right. It uh, really hurts. Can I look up? Any- Greg, you're a, genius, you're a genius too, bro. I love you. I, I, I agree with everything you say, and I love how you say it. And nobody's less scared to say stuff than you. And as far as that guy that sent you the text that says I'm traveling <laughs> to you and your family, that is the biggest flip off I've ever I, heard. I know. No doubt about it. <laughs> that's, that's a, but you know what, Dave? It's okay. Friends come and go. It's true. It's true. And I pick up some new friends like you, Dave. Call anytime. I appreciate it very, very much. Thanks, Dave. Um, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's no spin in this. I have, who else who else doesn't call me anymore or doesn't? Oh, and then I got a couple of really rude texts. Not rude, but they just let me have it. How can you be for Trump? He's a, a he's insane. He's a racist. He's he's none of those things. He's none of those things. Boy, fake news. They are still very very powerful. I don't think anybody takes them seriously. People do. People do. All right, let me do one other. Bob is in the Bronx. Good afternoon, Craig. Hi. Craig, uh, the city's in big trouble. Uh, the Boogaloo man, the guy's a total zero. Wait is a second. Anyone... I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. wait. And now i got to look up Boogaloo. I don't know if I like that word. What do you, What the hell does that mean? What do you mean by that? Who's Boogaloo? Uh, that's, that's how he describes himself. Who? Oh, oh, you're right. I do the Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. That's a type of dance that he likes. Okay, keep going. The city is terrible. Terrible. Yeah. You can't walk anywhere without being run over by these savages on the on the ATVs. And this, this chief Corey, he claims they're cracking down on. Where are they cracking down? Come to the Bronx. There's no crackdown. Yeah. Well, Chief Corey's out of there, you know. I, I know, th- but I he's, he's, he's baloney. There's no crackdown going on. Mm, I know. I know. It's uh, I, from what I hear, no one's in charge of the NYPD. Nobody. And everybody's going in a million different directions. It's bad. And uh, I, as I told you, I'm looking at running for mayor. I'll appoint the guy I know who would be a really good police commissioner. But we'll have to wait and see. All right, guys, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's uh, pretty cool. The kids right now, my kids, they are able 
to uh, they they are noticing enough and they can speak enough. So they're telling on like they're giving up information about my wife to me and about me to my wife. Right. They're saying things that we don't necessarily want the other to know. You know. So have you seen daddy? He's eating cookie. <laughs> and I got one right here. I'm going to send it to you, Diego, because uh, I found out a little piece of information that I wasn't supposed to know, and I got it from my daughter. And it was actually good news, very good news. Um, so how are – what are we thankful for on this Thanksgiving? We're thankful for WABC. We're thankful for the clean air. We're thankful for – the food. We're thankful for being in America. I'm thankful right now for the fluorescent lighting in this room, for the air conditioning, for you name it, this cup of coffee. Uh, it's all from God, by the way. Everything, everything. I just saw this beautiful passage. It said, uh, I wish I were. I, there are people who are really good at quoting the Bible and, you know, chapter and verse, but I'll look it up to see which one this is. But it's, he talks about anxiety and he being Jesus. And it's like, you shouldn't worry. Look at the birds in the sky. I take care of them, right? There's always enough for them to eat. They're always taken care of. There will always be birds. There always have been birds. Aren't I going to take care of you? And how much more important are you than birds, right? I mean, you think about it. He he knows we are more important than birds and all these animals, and these animals continually cycle through. Did you get my little uh, thing yet? Are we ready to go? Um, it's, just a, it's just a cute little moment, and... I hear it goes very, very fast, this childhood stuff. Uh, so far, it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to say it's dragging, but I, I, it's, uh, it's hard work. It's all beautiful. It's, it's all very, very beautiful, but I, uh, whoo, whoo, whoo. Uh, yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And, um, and so are they. We're off to a great, great, great start. Uh, let me just take with Chris in Westchester real quick. Yes, Chris, uh, hello. Yeah, great. Hi. Uh, Greg, uh, you said you have doubts about the 2020 election. You said that repeatedly, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any doubts about the uh, midterm election? Yes. It just comes. So why is nobody uh, Why is nobody talking about that? Why did everybody, you know, give in? It, it makes no sense to me what's the outcome of all that. Um. It doesn't make much sense to me either. It, 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 here's a theory. I, I noticed this this morning. I mentioned it to my wife, actually. So something very weird happened on Tuesday, uh, especially in Arizona and I think to some degree in Pennsylvania, Tuesday two weeks ago. Um, and the ballot harvesting really freaks me out because it seems like a permanent thing and we're never going to get good at it on the other side. And I'm like, why isn't there more outrage? And I looked on Twitter and what was trending on Twitter the Ravens, the Jets, uh, you know, stupid stuff, football crap, all right? They're just everybody's back to change the subject. Sports, uh, you know, TV shows. There's a hell of a lot to numb yourself and distract yourself with. I was, quite frankly, really surprised. Um, people are just taking it. Hey, there are how many, how many congressional races still haven't been called? We are going backwards. In 1910, we had mechanical voting machines that work better than the systems we have now. A hundred and ten years ago is when they introduced that classic voting machine, the one that I similar to the one I voted my first election, nineteen eighty eight, St. Joseph's Auditorium, Franklin Avenue in Garden City, 
you know, they check your name, and then you walk into that booth, and you pull that big red lever, and then the curtains close, and it's you alone with the vote. You pull them, you pull the lever, and it moves mechanically a dial on the other side. We have made it so complicated and mixed up, I don't trust the results. I don't know what to do. I am reading, though. I just ordered it, John Fun's book, because we got to get our act together. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going to happen, man. I could be wrong. Maybe it was as clean as a whistle. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I don't. I don't think so, Greg. I'm, I'm with you. It, it makes no sense to me. It's, and uh, how does Donald Trump ever think he'll get a fair shot in 2024 if he is nominated? How does he think they would ever let him get elected since they haven't overhauled anything? This concerns me as well. I am concerned that they'll try to steal it from him all over again. I am worried about that. I am. Now, I also don't think, well, let's pick somebody else so they don't, you know, they that'll be more amenable. to. They don't get to pick. They don't get to pick. The left doesn't get to pick. Uh, it's, it's, it's a scary time, and it's weird. It's very strange. I, I don't know. I wish I did. I can't tell. I think we're going to be okay. Ultimately, you know, who's more powerful in this, God or some clerk in Michigan? You know? Well, God has a great plan for America, but the secretaries of state in Michigan and uh, Wisconsin and uh, Nevada, well, they're there, so God can't do anything about it? I don't think so. Chris, just curious, what do you do? Oh, I'm retired. I've, I've been writing some articles for some local papers, but I'm a retired teacher. What subject? And I listen, and I listen to you. Uh, ESL, English as a second language, and Spanish. Uh, that's what I taught. So you speak Spanish? Yes, yes, I do that. How'd you I learn? Do. How did you learn Spanish? I learned it in high school, and I had a, uh, I had a great uh, Spanish education in high school, and I remembered it all. Good for you. That. Good for you. I took French in uh, junior high school and high school, and uh, bonjour is about all I can do for you in French. Isn't that terrible? And you were paying attention. I got actually pretty decent grade. I don't remember a damn thing of it. Chris, is it too late in life to learn a language? Seriously, be honest, all right? Don't tell me it's not too late if it's if it's too late. Is it too late for me to learn a language? No, but you have to do it a lot. You have to uh, be speaking it maybe even more than, than you, you want. You know, I've had ESL classes, adult classes, and they, they speak English. And as soon as there's a class break, they go out and speak Spanish with each other. Uh, it's a very social thing with right. them, and, uh, you know, you have to breathe it to, to learn it well. Well, what do I do? What do I do? How can I do it? Uh, what do I do? Give me, Tell me how to do it. Oh, well. How about this? Uh, I start, yeah. you know, The Simpsons are my favorite TV show, one of them, That and The Honeymooners. I noticed that I can pick a setting and I can listen to the shows in Spanish. What if I just binged all of The Simpsons in Spanish and I had a little dictionary with me? Could I learn it that way? Yes, I think that would help a lot. My son uh, uh, polishes his Spanish listening to uh, Spanish movies on on uh, Netflix and the Internet. That's yeah. how uh, he developed his. You know, with all this stuff, with so, all yeah. this technology, it's got it's, it's Look, I can actually, I can do it right now on my phone. Hold on, on my Google. Google Translate. You ever hear about that thing? It's amazing. Let's see. Google Translate English to Spanish, and it's right there. Let me see if I can just do this real quick. Uh, 
Oh, I got to allow the microphone. Hi, we will be back in three minutes. Now it's busted. It's busted. Oh, oh, wait. Here we go. Here. Listen. Listen. Thank you, Google. We'll be right back. The power of information. The freedom to talk about it. With New York Attitude. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Where are you for Thanksgiving? What's going on? Uh, I love it. I'm in the heart of New York City. This is where I live. This is where I want to be. Uh, if you had to travel to see family, that's great. It's, traveling is kind of a pain in the neck. What the hell connection does Joe Biden have to Nantucket? Why is he up there with his entire family? Uh, he lived in Scranton, PA, right? Scranton Joe. He also lived in Delaware, of course. And did you know he lived on Long Island in Garden City for a while? Yes, he did. Uh, he lived in Garden City. Excuse me. So what the hell is he doing up there in Nantucket? Why would he go there? Well, Joe has a taste for the finer things. He really does. He is one materialistic guy. Uh, You can tell by the way he wears his clothes, which are all dynamite, you know, very, very expensive stuff. Guy has worked on a government salary his entire life. You start working as a senator, you hang around rich people, and you start to think, I should be rich too. And I do believe that Joe Biden, uh, through his son Hunter, has cut all kinds of corners and has become a rich man. Um, Can I prove that? Not yet. Not yet. It is my strong. There's a hell of a lot of circumstantial evidence. (laughs) And I think one day it will be proven in a court of law. In the meantime, this just looks bad. What the hell is Joe Biden doing up in Nantucket at the the generosity of uh, David Rubenstein? David Rubenstein is a multi-billionaire who has a huge crib in Nantucket. I mean, a compound. Hey, who the hell is David Rubenstein, by the way? It's another swamp character. He had a job in the Carter administration, and then he becomes like a super-duper lobbyist and a, and a billionaire. The swamp is there for the swamp. David Rubenstein ran that, runs that scam known as the Carlisle Group. It's all about making money for themselves. So he's got this great big house. Joe Biden, why would you do that? You've got, uh, you've got two houses in Delaware. You've got the White House, and you have Camp David. And uh, you've got, don't you have, like, family friends or somebody like that or relatives you could visit? What's wrong with Scranton? Why the hell isn't he in Scranton? His entire life is all Scranton this, Scranton that. He's going to the where the elite meet, Nantucket. Do we have him up there? I saw, no, he's walking around trying to, doing the fisherman routine. Bad guy. Bad, bad, bad guy. Uh, his, uh, he's going to get caught. He has been caught. He's being protected. You know, he makes these horrible comments about the Second Amendment. He said, some of you think that the Second Amendment is to protect you from the government. Oh, yeah? You're going to need an F-15 for that. It's like really taunting people, weirdly, and undermining and kind of mocking the Constitution. The Second Amendment. This did not really sink in until the other day. I've heard it a million times. It's not. I believe in the Second Amendment. That's about it. I, I wasn't a strong proponent. I didn't join the NRA. Yes, I know how to shoot a gun. I've shot lots of guns, especially in the Marine Corps. But it just wasn't the driving force in my life. Things are starting to change. Because I trust the government, not at all. 
especially just the other day, listening to that uh, slimy friend of Chris Christie, the FBI director named Chris Ray. And I got to tell you, as I've been following January 6th pretty damn closely, as you know. And it never occurred to me for a moment, never even thought of it, that the FBI had informants and FBI agents waiting inside the Capitol before the protesters got there, dressed in Trump attire. That thought never crossed my mind until now. And now, actually, based on what Christopher Ray, and I think this is Congressman uh, Clay, Clay Davis, he's a great guy, listen to this exchange, Listen to how Chris Ray, the FBI director, can't say what he sh- what should be an easy yes or no. And if he says yes, that's a big problem. Cut 24, please. This is the FBI director being as evasive as hell. And I think the answer is obvious what's really going on here. Cut 24. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters? on January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, About when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, But to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. You don't get to keep that information from us. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, you work for us. You work for us. The fact, the confidential sources, FBI agents going undercover, that does happen it's supposed to happen and it's okay that it happens so you can acknowledge it if it happened and he's not he won't now it's okay that it happens say in drug cases and you know bank robbery and organized crime it would be an entirely different issue here but he won't even acknowledge it i've heard i remember my father at press conference saying based on the information provided provided to us by a confidential source They can say that. You can say it out loud. They write it in indictments. They put it in affidavits all the time. Why isn't he? Number one, he has no respect for the American people. After all, we voted for Trump. We can't be trusted. We voted for Trump. That's what's going on here. So I don't trust them. Neither should you. And that brings me to the Second Amendment. Now, look, I believe in the Second Amendment, but I have heard Second Amendment proponents put it that, well, We need those guns in case the government gets out of hand. Now, that always seemed very, very extreme to me, all right? Very, very extreme. And uh, it still does. However, if the government were to, I don't know, if the government were to act contrary to the Constitution, if the government started to become, as it seems to be on its way to becoming, a fascist form of government, I don't know. Then maybe we have to revisit some things. What is the Second Amendment and how is it defined? 
NRA Institute for Legislative Action. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In just 27 words, the Second Amendment solidifies one of America's most fundamental freedoms, the right to keep and bear arms. But what is the Second Amendment, and how does it protect you as an American? Here are the facts. The NRA says, yes, the NRA, the ultimate boogeyman. No, no, they're not. What is the Second Amendment? In short, the Second Amendment states that as an American citizen, you, oh, my phone's going crazy here. What's going on? What, 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 what? In short, the Second Amendment states that as an American citizen, you have the individual right to arm yourself. The amendment also firmly establishes that the government cannot infringe on that right. The Second Amendment was ratified on December 15, 1791, as one of the first ten amendments of the Constitution, known as the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights expanded upon the Constitution by establishing clear individual rights, limiting the government's power, and further laying the foundation of American freedom. Today, the Second Amendment remains fundamental to protecting the rights of law-abiding gun owners. What the Second Amendment means... It was no small task for the Founding Fathers to put the building blocks of American freedom into writing. There was much debate amongst them about the amendment's proposed contents. However, they did widely agree on the Second Amendment's intended meaning. Let's take a look at the meaning a bit more in depth by breaking down all 27 words line by line. Sounds hard. It's not. A well-regulated militia, the term militia mentioned in the Second Amendment's opening line, refers to the American people. As George Mason described it, I asked, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people, except for few public officials. The Supreme Court has established that the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right unrelated to one's status in a militia. Being necessary to the security of a free state, the Founding Fathers felt that citizens should be able to protect themselves against the government and any other threat to their well-being or personal freedom. The Second Amendment granted citizens that right, giving them the ability to defend themselves and their property. Though times have changed dramatically, the need for defenses afforded by the Second Amendment has remained much the same. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The final line states that citizens have the individual right to own firearms for lawful purposes, and the government may not interfere with that right. I love America. I love our Constitution. Christopher Ray may have violated the oath of his office, uh, might be up to something terrible that does not delegitimize the entire United States government. It doesn't. I think the United States government is going in a very, very, very bad direction. It seems to me like it's going in the direction of fascism. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, something, something, unless we stop it. It is, oh, it is. Allowed, and it should happen that we question people in authority, especially when they wear a uniform, by the way. This thing with the Capitol Hill police, you know, the way they were used, so we can't question anything about January 6th because you somehow will be undermining the police. This is a little game they're playing, and it's a fascist game. How can you question these men and women in uniform? And a lot of civilians will say, oh, I can, I can. I don't, I don't know what that's like. I have to, right? I can't say anything about them. I don't know. I saw a, a statue of uh, a sculpture, more more accurately, of a gun outside the United Nations. And I remember seeing this as a kid. Really awe-inspiring. It's a great big pistol. And it's green now. I guess it used to be bronze. It's the size of a 
of a school bus, and the end of the barrel is twisted into a pretzel, like the gun won't work anymore. And I thought, that's a beautiful image, right? As a kid, like, yeah, yeah, guns. Who needs guns? We don't want war. No more war. But then I thought, just the other day, actually, as all this stuff is happening, who has the power to do that? I mean, literally, the power to take a gun and bend the metal to make it useless. That takes power and strength and might. You can't have a government with too much power and strength and might. You can get carried away. It can get carried away. It get carried away with itself. I I love America. I want this country to be great. I want everybody to be safe. But the Second Amendment seems to me, and from what I'm, what I'm reading here, actually, if these dangerous trends continue for years to come, well, you need a well-armed citizenry. You do. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I don't know if I have to clarify or what, but I'm, I'm just thinking about this. I just Let's pretend I want to do this in the future so we make it ultra, ultra, ultra hypothetical, okay? Let's say the uh, Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States, right? Let's pretend the 49th president of the United States gets in there and at some point says, I'm, ca- I'm canceling the Bill of Rights uh, tomorrow for national security reasons. Well, obviously, uh, they shouldn't do that. And uh, one of the reasons, well, <laughs> it's against everything that America stands for. But imagine if somebody did that, that would be horrible. Um, and they I don't think they could do it, and they can't do it when you consider our Second Amendment, that the citizens are armed. I think it's for that kind of scenario, that kind of scenario. In part, that's what the Second Amendment is about, I believe. So I'm told. Now, we're not there. We're not there. We're not even close. No way. No, 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 no way. And even, oh, even, oh, by the way, if, and you know I'm furious about the election hijinks, and I'm furious about that scam, the January 6th scam, cops letting people in. It was all an effort, I do believe, to set up Trump and so that they could paint MAGA with this insurrectionist brush. It's such a scam. It's all fake. Um even in this horrible, dire scenario, we're no, no, no. They they may be breaking the rules, breaking the law, but it's we still have the framework of the Constitution. It's still there. And they're undermining it, yes. I think they're cheating a lot, yes. But we're not, we still have, they haven't declared martial law. And that's not happening, right? That is not happening. Now, can I hear this Judge Ludig? We have him. Uh, Judge Ludig, he is the one who helped put this idea in my head, by the way. Are we ready? Do we have time? Okay. I have written, as you said, Chairman Thompson, that today, almost two years after that fateful day in January 2021, that still Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. 
Ah, stop it, stop because... it. I can't, I can't. Oh, that's Judge Ludig. How dare that guy. A clear and present danger. These are the people who are playing getting very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. That's dangerous talk. Clear and present danger. If you look it up, they can actually suspend the rules, suspend the laws to come after what they perceive as the clear and present danger. And that's us, by the way. We're regular supporters. You didn't say, you know, Donald Trump and Mike Pence or Donald Trump and Steve Bannon. No, he said Donald Trump and his supporters, right? It's just regular supporters. Judge Ludig, speaking all quiet. Anyway, why is he in my mind? Because Judge Eastman, I'm sorry, uh, Professor Eastman actually clerked for Judge Ludig. Judge Ludig was a mainstream guy before a Trump derangement syndrome situation uh, totally, totally uh, did him in. Edward from Chicago. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hello. So, um, uh, well, let me first let me say everybody have a good Thanksgiving out there. Be safe and uh, enjoy family and friends. Uh, I went to church this morning, but I wanted to bring up something here that might be uh a determination whether or not we, the Republicans, win or not. And that is these young people, and there's a lot of them, uh, living with mom and dad. Uh, right now they're watching the World Cup during the week. They're not working 40 hours or whatever. I mean, how do you get these people to focus on real issues like the economy and crime? That's a good question. Hey, by the way, it's not just young people. I said earlier, it's middle-aged people. It's older people. After the midterms, you know what was trending on, on online? Football. This Tennessee and Alabama, I don't know where these – I have no interest in that stuff. And World Cup, you're right. Everyone's kind of checked out looking at other stuff. I don't know how to fix that. Do you? No. Uh, the only way would be to hack into the uh, <laughs> into the TV uh, and have uh, – some, no, some live program. No, Edward, that's that's not the answer. But uh, uh, I, I do see. I, are you watching World Cup stuff? Oh, yeah, gosh. I am. I don't know. I don't know. I I slightly got into watching a soccer game once ten years ago, but that's that's it's a, not for everyone. It's not for everyone. the The field is too big, the ball is too small, and it's just especially girls soccer. They're just running around. It's like chase the ball. It's, there's nothing other than chase the ball. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dinner time. Why do we eat so early on Thanksgiving? Why is that? Why is it like 3 o'clock, right? 3 o'clock and uh, 3 o'clock is when everybody comes over and then you start eating by shortly thereafter, right? And then there are all kinds of hors d'oeuvres. I just, I always, I'm always never hungry by the time the big meal rolls around. Diego, I just, you just told us you, uh, you grew up in Mexico. What part of Mexico? I grew up in a, in a industrial town, town called, uh, Toluca, which is outside Mexico City. And how old were you when you came to America? I came to America permanently when I was uh, nine years old. Before that, my parents were um, visa in and out of uh, – my parents worked for the uh, automobile industry, so they uh, were transferred to Detroit, back to Mexico, back and forth growing up. Pretty cool, pretty cool. And how did you learn to speak English? I learned to speak English through watching a lot of uh, kids' movies, Disney movies, um, in English. Uh, even when I was in Mexico, I wanted to uh, – Watch them in English because I, I liked um, I liked the difference uh, of uh, you know translating it in my head a lot. So I did that. So what do you think I should do? 
uh, right now, you know, I'm thinking about running for mayor in two years. So I think it would be helpful, number one, for that. And number two, I would just like to be able to speak Spanish and or another language. Uh, and I think with all the technology around, with all the, you know, the phone and everything it can do and all the stuff I have access to, I figure I should be able to learn uh, Spanish in, you know, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. It's well, a couple take of a months. A couple of months. What was that? A couple of months. Uh, what do I do? It's, what it's, definitely you... a, it's definitely a practice thing. It's definitely, um, I don't think, like, even now, I don't think I'm 100% perfect in English. Oh, uh, no, you're, you're, I thought you were going to say in Spanish. You're fun, You're English. Come on. I had no idea you were from Mexico. Zero. Until you yeah, mentioned well, it earlier. I, I still, I still, there's, there's some stuff that, uh, that I have problems with in, in English and, and in Spanish too. Um, I, I speak English on a daily basis now, so, so I start forgetting Spanish. So, yeah. Forgetting Spanish. All right. Well, look, uh, all right. Let's give it a year. And what, what, what should I do? Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend, uh, you, you said you, uh, watching the Simpsons a lot, uh, d- definitely watching that in, uh, in Spanish and also conversations, conversations help a lot. I have a feeling what doesn't work are all these silly apps that they're always talking about babble and right. Do they work? I, I tried learning, I think it was, uh, Portuguese. I tried learning Portuguese in one of them did not, did not take, um, my dad, my dad lived in Brazil for two years. He was forced to learn it. So I feel like when you, once you're forced to learn, once you go to an environment where you have to, because um, be, because you you need a you're down there, you need to eat, you need to yeah. you need to you know get food and everything. There's a need to learn it. You learn it. If there's a desire to learn it, it's not as strong. And maybe Babel. I mean, look, have you ever tried Babel? I have not tried right. Babel. So I, I can't you know what Babel. the hell? What do I know? I mean, I tried Rosetta Stone once, but I didn't even open the box. Maybe Babel is the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to try it. Uh, very good. Hey, well, one other question. Yeah, what'd your parents do in the in the car business? My dad was in um, my, was currently still is uh in a finance for uh for Chrysler, the Chrysler Corporation. And my mm-hmm. mom um, electrical engineer for a car part company. So she yeah, very well traveled. Wow, very cool, very impressive. Did they were they disappointed that you did not go into engineering? You're not very a, disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to um, to be into music, creative stuff. I'm I'm right now tech at a radio station, and uh, I I studied tech, studied studied all that, but uh, in the creative sense, making music, making film, and then that got me into the broadcast industry. And they were at first they were very kind of nervous about it, but now that I'm working at WEC, they're like, okay, yeah, that was worth it. All right, but what's the dream job? What's the end game? The end game, well, I mean, uh, creating stuff, making stuff. I, I'm very happy with uh, where I'm at right now. But Look, uh, everybody has a dream. It's okay. Yeah, no one, okay. It's not uh, going to be disloyal to music. music. Oh, what do you mean? Like making your own? Yeah, I I already have my own. Actually, uh, I have uh, st- uh, songs on Spotify. And, what do you uh, play? An instrument? I mean, what do you do? I uh, play bass. I play guitar. All that. Okay, excellent. Uh, how do we find you on Spotify? It's uh, my first and last name, Diego, A-G-O-Y-T-I-A. A-G-O-Y. Um, Diego Goitia is my last name. A-G- uh, say it one more time. A-G-O-Y. A-G-O-Y-T-I-A. Diego Agoitia. All righty. Remember that name, folks, and start con- consuming his uh, his content. I'm sure it's great. Thank you, Diego. Thank you. And uh, all right, we are get- I'm getting ready for the Thanksgiving feast. We're actually going to a restaurant which always seemed to me kind of like, I don't know, somehow not not right, but I got used to it real quick, especially the buffet situation. Uh, Susan in Brooklyn, welcome back. Hi, 
NPR, Greg. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm so glad to hear that you were on today. Um, but when you were talking about the FBI, um, that uh, exchange you played, uh, how Christopher Ray would not say that it was that there were not um, undercover yeah. FBI. Uh, but uh, that took me back to the other incident in um, Michigan a few just a month or so before the 2020 election that botched uh, so-called uh, the kidnapping they were trying to do of Whitmer. And then the trial went on. Okay, now that um, FBI director in Detroit was then transferred to Washington uh, right before this incident. And I think that the court proceedings, uh, that most of those people were let off because they said they were entrapped by the FBI. Yeah, some were uh, found not guilty. I think there have been a couple of convictions as well. Gretchen Whitmer, oh boy. Uh, yeah, that that is a fascinating thing you just said. So the head of the Detroit uh, FBI operation went to D.C. before January 6th, right? Since I believe, I want you to I'm check, gonna it, check out. it out. I'm going to check it out. I am you. totally going to check it out. There's so much. <laughs> no, I, I am. That is, that is, that's fascinating. This is the January 6th thing. It's, you know, it's not only the unanswered questions, it's the unasked questions by the media, by people on that committee. There is so much to learn. I'm really counting on these Republicans. I've, I've asked them. Respectfully, you know, uh, I know that some of them are kind of spooked by the whole issue, but uh, I've pressed them and I think they're going to they're going to try to get the answers to the to the unasked questions. Thank you very much, Susan. Uh, Let's do Andrew right now. Andrew, hey, welcome back. Hey, how's it going, Greg? You have to ask your partner who comes on next, your friend Rudy, to uh, recount when he was on SNL and um, he played the old Italian grandmother. And the Irish cop comes in, it's Thanksgiving, and they ask, you know, would you like to eat? And he said, I already had my meal. And then they whisper, he's Irish. So, like, (laughs) to the old school Italians, like my mom, you know, that wasn't good enough, the meal, because they go wild. They go overboard. But check out that skit if you haven't seen that. Andrew, I will not stand for your anti-Irish bigotry. And um, the the, – Hochul, though, I just want to say, speaking of bigotry. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew doesn't miss a beat. I'm only kidding about the I – don't, I don't think you were being anti-Irish. Uh, I kind of – I've not seen that episode with Rudy Giuliani in it, but keep going. Oh, it's great. But once um, – which is not funny at all, after September 11th, I told you once I drove right. in with the North police, and I had said um, they had called it off because the officer didn't want to be highlighted, but the town wanted the positive publicity and i said i called back and i said oh i talked to the chief what happened what are you talking about you lost me what oh it's an irish joke that oh I, no more know. irish jokes enough of this andrew what are you doing for uh what are you doing for uh today thanksgiving just hanging out with my asian wife who will you stop Thai. with the ethnicity it doesn't matter asian and, wife uh, irish this italian that who cares people human race andrew um... Hanging out with my Asian wife. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Andrew. You're one of our favorites, but that was a little weird. Can I just say the quick uh, end with the police story? No, I don't want no, no, N-O-O-O. Hey, you want to talk about uh, 9-11 and police in New Jersey? Let's talk about the Muslims who were celebrating, a handful of them, 
uh, were celebrating when those planes crashed into the towers. They absolutely were. And it's a big fake news uh, con job when they say it didn't happen and they say Trump made it up. It was on the news. It absolutely was on the news. Now, they have tried to erase it. They have tried to erase it. I saw it myself. And I've also seen two very prominent journalists uh, confirm it. Uh, Let's see. Pablo Guzman, veteran of Fox 5 and CBS 2, as well as uh, Dan Rather. Dan Rather himself have both confirmed this. And the fake news busts busts on Trump whenever he says it. Andrew, thank you very much. Uh, Work on that. uh, Remember, one race, the human race. Right, Tony? Yes. Hello. Yes. You're on the air. This is Tony. Happy Happy Halloween and Thanksgiving. So, Greg, I have one question about uh, January 6th. I worked in Manhattan for 9-11, and I was there when the Trade Center was bombed in 93. And we we were never really concerned about security. So thinking about January 6th, one thing that always sticks in my mind is – if you really thought we were in danger in the Capitol building, the pro- protocol would have been to get everybody out and to not go back into camp because somebody could get bombed and killed. So that always stuck out in my mind from a security viewpoint because I worked in Manhattan and I just thought there was no security. Like, we have to go back in and count. I was watching the TV when they did that. That was very strange to me that day. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I mean, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, this, I never thought of it that way. The protocol would be to get everybody out, and there was a way to get people out. There was a way. I mean, the the, the protesters were in the front. Uh, that's interesting. That's a very interesting point. Yeah, get them the hell out of there. And, oh, by the way, they've got tunnels, and they got that special choo-choo train that links the Capitol building with all those office buildings around there. Uh, that is interesting. I really hope we have another January 6th committee, a real January 6th committee, Tony, excellent point. What are you going to do today? I'm baking um, my dinner. The pie is done, and I'm just going to have a Jameson. I usually have one drink for a holiday, so that's what I'm doing. Um, thank you. Thank you for working today. It's always good to hear you and your thoughts. Keep us thinking. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. All right. <laughs> no, Tony, thank you very, very much. Have a great one. Go easy on that, Jameson, so you only do it once on the holiday. Is that right? Generally, yeah. <laughs> There's a little wiggle room there. Generally, all right, well, be careful. I, uh, You know what I'm going to do? I don't know if I should say it. It's kind of gross. No, I think I, I – I, mm, eh, I'm going to get back to you on that. Tony, I appreciate it, but I, I got – you made me think of something. I am giving a few things up. You know, five years ago I stopped drinking. Not that I was, like, crazy, out-of-control drunk, although sometimes I was, uh, but – I gave it up, and there are a few other things I need to give up. They're not nearly as harmful, but they're not good. They're not great. Uh, Joe in North Arlington, New Jersey. Yes, sir. Are you there? How are you? Hey, man. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. You and the family. You too. When that's when that's, those planes hit the towers, they celebrated in Patterson. Yeah, it was, it was on TV. It was on TV. Jersey City, Patterson, I don't remember exactly where, but I saw it. I saw it, and they were on the rooftops, and they were celebrating. That doesn't mean that all Muslims feel that way. I would think that most overwhelmingly would be against that. Uh, But uh, you'd be surprised, actually, that 
how much support Sharia law has, come to think of it, in the Muslim world. And that's a that's a bit of a problem as far as coming to America with those values. It is. It is. Uh, Sharia law, no. We don't think that women should be stoned to death for, uh, you know, looking at another man, that kind of stuff. Anyway, what else, Joe? What, what you didn't see on TV was after they started celebrating, the blacks came out and kicked their ass. Uh, I did not see that on TV, and uh, you're, you sound like a real old school guy. Um, but uh, so you say that that uh, that happened. I didn't see that, uh, but I live. Oh, gosh. Anyway, Joe, what are you doing today? Just relaxing with the family. You know, a little. I'm not gonna have turkey. We're having uh, air fried chicken. Go ahead, figure yeah. that one out. Yeah, right, 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 right. All right. Well, enjoy it, Joe. Many thanks. Um, thank you, uh, Diego. Uh, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, right? Just a little bit. You understand, right? What? You know, I mean, part of that made me a little bit uncomfortable, but the, I think he was chicken? fine. No, the earlier part, but I think he was fine. I mean, like he's just observing something, and I. But it's fine. We don't say the blacks anymore. All right, we don't. Oh. Do, we don't do that. I mean, that's culturally inappropriate. And I am not a politically uh, I'm not a politically correct guy. You don't say yeah, yeah. You don't you don't put a the in front of it. But it's changed. It's just, people used to talk that way, and 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 he sounded like an old timer, uh, in a good way. And uh, I so appreciate the call. So appreciate all of you on this Thanksgiving day. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on seventy seven WABC. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so much to be thankful for, and I'm going to thank him publicly. I don't think I actually have thanked him publicly. I thanked him privately, but I'm going to thank the President of the United States. That is Donald Trump, the 45th President of the United States. Earlier this week, he put out an amazing statement about my upcoming book, which comes out January 10th, but it's available now for pre-order. And he put out an official statement, and he sent it to millions of followers, and it reads as follows. Uh, I'm going to, should I do the Trump voice? Should I do the, uh, a little bit, a little hints of Trump, but this is a statement from Donald Trump. My friend Greg Kelly, who hosts an amazing show on Newsmax, has just written a very important book, Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I just saw an early copy. Greg explains how Obama undermined police in America and started a false narrative about law enforcement. He also addresses the fake news about January 6th. I urge all patriots to order a copy now, exclamation point. I just love it. I just love it. I'm so honored and uh, grateful. But you know what my favorite part of this statement is, quite frankly? The favorite thing, more than even plugging the book. I just, when he called me his friend, my friend Greg Kelly, I just, and I do, uh, I consider him a friend, and I'm glad he considers me a friend. And, um, you know, and friends can talk to each other. You know, I remember a couple of uh, weeks ago, I said, you know what? I think the new Donald Trump is great. I'd like to see a little bit more of this and a little bit less of that um, because we want him to win. And uh, even a great talent like him could always use a little bit of coaching. Not to say that I could do what he does, but still, you know, Tom Brady has a coach or two. He gets advice every now and then. Anyway, so thrilled that he did that. And I'm very excited <clears throat> not only about the book and making sure people understand just what the left has done to law enforcement in America and how we can fix it. I'm actually excited about selling the book. 
it's something I've never done before. You know, I'm going to have to engage uh, media, people I haven't necessarily would naturally engage, and, and some friends in the media, some people not so friendly. I know I'm going to be turned down by some who I've been critical of, but it's going to be interesting. And what is it like to have a book party, and what is it like to sign books and all that stuff? I'm going to find out. And I got to find some interesting ways to uh, look. One of the reasons why I want to sell the book so much is I believe in the message. I want it out there, and I also want to write another book. And uh, to do that, you got to sell this book. So let me—you uh, can put my name in. Apparently, that's the best way to do it. Greg Kelly book on Amazon, and it pops right up. Let's do this real quick, everybody. Uh, Tony, uh, where are you? Um, in the Arsburg, New York. Where's that? In uh, Rockland County. Thanks for being here. What's up? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. I just I just wanted to uh, – you said something about uh, you being sober for five years and you, you didn't really drink all that much or not a, a lot. Um, I've been sober almost 25 years. And uh, I, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I was led there. I had a soul sickness. I had an empty spot in my soul. And I was trying to fill it with everything but the Lord. So I just, it just, uh, I listen to you all the time. I'm a big fan, and I just wanted to, to, to jump in and say hello. So, so nice of you, Tony. I'm glad to hear it and fill in voids. Yeah, you know, I, I'll just share this. I, I saw it this morning. Somebody said it about the, uh, this is the stuff that gets kind of gross, but somebody said it about pornography. Pornography doesn't fill voids, it creates them. And a lot of the things we go to, to to fill voids, it actually creates them and makes them worse. So, Tony, congratulations to you on 25 years, and have a great holiday. Great. You too. God bless you. Thanks. Th- thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Danny in Del- uh where are you, Danny? Hey, in Elmont. Greg, what you do is, what, Greg. Yeah. What you do is you have a book signing during your show. Go to a bookstore. You have it. You want Steve from Manhattan to drop by, I'll drop by. And everybody today, including you, I want to have a good Thanksgiving. If you got nowhere to eat, there's plenty of places out there you, where you want to eat. I know some people might not be in the mood. They might Something bad might have happened, but they're giving the food out there. You chew it. You eat down. Some Big Steve sent you. And I want everybody at the dinner table to say these words. Go, Buchanan, go. Oh, right. Thanks, Danny. Uh, Norma in Brooklyn. Hello, Norma. Uh-oh. I'm still there. Yeah, Danny, goodbye. Uh, is Norma there? Uh, Norma wants to say something. Yes, I can. Fire away. I only okay. got a few seconds. Great, 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 great. First of all, I want to thank you for two things. One, that you're there today. You're the only one who's the regular who's there. I so appreciate it. And secondly, you try. I see that you try very hard to improve yourself. And I really, really appreciate that because I'm like that, too. And many people are. So you give me a lot of inspiration by doing what you do and saying saying what you say. Oh, wow. Norma, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank I'll, I'll talk to you, you tomorrow. Too. I'll be back tomorrow. All the best. Okay. Bye-bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.